This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That uh, opening track there with the Corrigan Brothers, um, with their uh, manager of the year, Tony Pulis. It was um, magnificent, I'm sure you'll agree. And uh, yeah, if you Google that, you can uh, can listen again. Anyway, hello and good evening. Welcome to Home Show Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and tonight I'll bring you our final review of the season after the Eagles played out a 2-2 draw at Craven Cottage. Assisting me tonight with their analysis, and certainly in at least one case, weak puns about stuff we've forgotten from the 1970s and 80s, we have Nick Gillard. 
Hello, when you say it's out on single, do you mean actually literally on vinyl? I don't think do I said it? that, but... Um, you said it's yeah. out on single. I don't know. I'll listen okay. back. I don't... Anyway. Um, <laughs> also, we Hello, have everybody. Barney Fox. Hello, Good Barney. Good evening. evening. And in a late change to the lineup, we have the legendary Mr. Joe Holyoke. How you doing? Yeah, good. Yeah. People have people missed you. Anyway. <clears throat> on the Thanks. menu tonight, we have a full review of yesterday's game against Fulham, regular announcement of the ho- uh, announcements of the Homesdale.net end of season awards, and we'll also be rounding up all of your communication. Well, I say all, as much as we can. If you do want to get in touch with us tonight, you can do so via the chat room. It's wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Twitter is at HOL Radio. Facebook is facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. Or uh, use the contact us form. Um, it's holradio.net forward slash contact. As ever, we begin with news in brief. Best new poster. Homestyle.net has many thousands of users, some of whom are actually real people. This category is for the favourite newbie to rise through the fog of previously banned Unas, imbeciles, Brighton fans and weird American bots intent on giving out links to bizarre websites or telling us we can watch our favourite new movies on their site simply by agreeing to give them our earthly soul. The new Spider-Man film was alright. And the nominees are... So Many Memories Stuart Shave Willow And the winner is... Willow joined the message board in March 2013. That's all I have to say. Palace youngster Elijah Gapsey and Sonny Black have been rewarded with professional deals at the club, whilst a number of youngsters have also been awarded scholarships with the under-18 side. Joel Ward has scooped the Young Player of the Year Award at the club's annual awards night. Hmm, the word, word awards was in there. Anyway, the right-back picked Yannick Balassi, Dwight Gale and Stuart O'Keefe to the prize, which was voted for by Palace fans who used the BBS and Homesdale.net message boards. Eagle shot stopper Julian Speroni has won the 2014 Player of the Year Award. Fourth time he's won that award. Crystal Palace Football Club and new kit manufacturer Macron are delighted to announce the club's new kits for season 2014-15. The aim was to create unique kit by designing a tailor-made product in line with the great tradition of the club founded in 1905. If you queue up now, you should be able to get your bespoke fitted kit by the start of next season. Let us know what you think of them by tweeting at Whole Radio. That's H-O-L Radio. News in Brave. Best Overseas Poster Feature of fan base sites are their dedicated, usually dangerously insane overseas supporters. This category is to award the most dedicated and most dangerously insane of all for their contribution to All Things Palace on Homestale.net. And the nominees are Mr. Apollo, Palace Guard, Slovenia Dave. And the winner is Slovenia Dave. We all know Dave wins this because he organises the awards, but Dave is much more than that. He's been on the site since before there was even an internet, and despite living in countries that often don't exist, he's still regularly overwatching the Eagles in person. Dave has also contributed hugely in supporting this radio show, for which we'll be eternally grateful. Okay, welcome back. What I didn't quite explain brilliantly during the introduction is uh, we will have regular breakaway from the normal chat to uh, get the results of the Homesdale.net awards. 
uh, they um, as, well, they were voted for over the last sort of couple of months, really. So if you're a user of Homestale.net, that's what that's about. Um, if you're not, then hopefully you'll just enjoy my stupid introductions anyway. So we've had two categories out of the way, and uh, yeah, that'll be little, little tiny little clips throughout the rest of the show. However, that's uh, that's not really what we're here for. What we're here for is to talk about the two-two draw against Fulham. Um, and well, I mean, the place we always start, gentlemen, of course, is um, well, is, is with the lineup. Um, I, do you know what? It's the last show, and I pretty much I'm phoning this in a little bit, really, and I've already missed uh, to something I've got to remind you about. So I'm going to take a little step back. Um, we are doing an end of season show. This isn't the last show of the season, um, and we are doing a show which we're recording live at the uh, at the Albion Pub, SE25. Hopefully, you know it's well, it's in it's in Norwood. Um, if you go to uh, Hmm. www.holradio.net forward slash show you can register to say that you'll be joining us there there'll be food and drink there'll be a fifa competition if you want to play that uh all sorts of uh side bets and drinking games and all that sort of stuff will be uh will be encouraged there will be live guests or we're not going to um release the names of those guests as yet but uh yeah you know what we do at the end of the season you know what we're good at so uh so yeah it'd be great chance to come down meet us which is going to be uh, obviously horrific, but you'd also meet some other great people. Uh, just have a little drink, celebrate the, uh, the season with ourselves, and um, you know, obviously thank you to the Albion for putting us up for that. So obviously more information will come out um, as we get nearer uh, the time, but it is in two weeks' time, the 25th Sunday, uh, holradio.net forward slash show. Okay, just go there, register. If you don't register, we're limited to numbers, and uh, optimistically, we think you're all going to want to come and join us. And there's thousands of you, so um, we just want to know um, just how many of you are coming. So, yeah, food, drink, live guests, fun. All right, there you go. That sound good, gents. You all want to go, right? I had to bloody apply myself to make sure I got a ticket. I hope I yeah. get a plus one guest pass. Yeah, about your application, mate. Um, thing is. <laughs> no, anyway, <laughs> no, I'm sure you'll be there, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna I, make it, Joe. You reckon? I, I haven't got a ticket, but yeah, then you... that's a reoccurring theme for me for this season. <laughs> <laughs> we can have loads, we can have loads of plastic, some more plastics there. That's it, yeah. That's it. We'll have um, probably some away fans will creep in somewhere as well <laughs> from Cardiff. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, as I got ahead of myself earlier um but um i will take us back to that now we want to talk about the the 2-2 draw with fulham and of course uh the the we always start with the lineup and we'll talk about that and this time with it's not the settled Pulis side well not completely anyway the big changes were the start well were hennessy Ince, and gale starting the match um let's talk about why that is we'll come to the performances how they how we thought they did and what that means for the future we'll, we'll come to that in a little while but um, let's talk about uh, why why the changes were made. Obviously, everyone was pushing for potentially this. Um, you know, it, it was almost a nothing game, but you know, we're not like that under Tony Pulis. We've we've kept going, we've kept trying to pick up points, and, and we certainly tried to win this game. But it was it was good to see those people get a chance, don't you think? So I'll, I'll start with you, actually, Gel, because uh, you're the surprise surprise guest today, and everyone wants to hear from you. Uh, when you saw that lineup, what do you think? Um, it wasn't a surprise to me. And I'd say for why, because they're, they're squad players. And he has tried to, to rotate as much as he can. He's kept a very settled side, but 
but you know, Ince was in, then he was out, and then he gets subbed, then he's not about, and then all of a sudden he's he's sub and then he's back in. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, Jules, I was the only thing that did surprise me was that he um, he didn't play and 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 then complete every minute of of every game. Mm. Do you and think? That, I thought that was a, just maybe just a shame we could have bought him on with a minute to go. Just to give him that, I don't. I don't know. Mind you, said it wouldn't have been every minute. So yeah. it would have been his. Would have been his three hundred and fiftieth game as well. That's that's the other thing. But do you think him? Well, let's, play- hope, let's hope that that game turn, will be his testimonial, won't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's but, that's my question. Do you think that's actually a sign leaving him out and not giving him this the final farewell that would have been if he, if you know if a farewell was intentioned? Do you think that's a clear sign that you know? And I think Jules looked quite relaxed in his Sky Sports interview this week. Do you think it's a clear yeah. sign that he's uh, that he's staying around? I do. I do, and and as we were told virtually at the beginning of the season by Steve Parrish that he is going to have a testimonial, which is great. Yeah. Um, and 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 now we're, you know, we're an established Premier League side, tongue in cheek mm. or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we we will be able to attract someone better than Crawley, which will be nice for him when it comes to the money. Absolutely. Um, so but yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, exciting times for the club going forwards, and I'm sure Jules. Would have, you know, he would have known it was coming. He would have known it sooner or later. You know, probably at the end of the season. I mean, he's he's gone out a winner, hasn't he? That's the thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to break away very very quickly. I'll come back for for Barney and Nick's opinions um, on on the lineup, uh, which I'm sure that echo what we've just been saying. But uh, Tony Pulis has been named as man, LMA Manager of the Season tonight, which is a fantastic achievement. And the is word he? fantastic is. What's that? Is that definite? Because uh, I'm sure that's what you, he says. You're, you're not, it's saying Tony Pulis oh, set, set to be named. Oh damn it! You're well, not Milton, are you? You bloody um, Eurovision esque intros and outros to the awards. You, you just bring back that other bloke that was on here last week with the posh voice. I can't believe uh, Neil Ashton said it, so I'm fairly certain it's going to happen. Right, um, that's true. In your face. Said <laughs> <laughs> the porn star to this. But all right, when that when that's confirmed, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just hate you guys so much. Do you know what? I was I, this is I had no time to prepare myself for the fact it was going to be Jen and Nick on the same show. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be absolute carnage. It really is. Um, <laughs> all right, so back to the lineup. We've heard from from Jill. Um, we haven't heard from Barney. We haven't heard from Nick. Barney, if I start with yourself, um, obviously end of season. Uh, but, but you saw that lineup. You saw the team come out. I mean, you know, you obviously, what were your thoughts on those changes, and, and what were your thoughts on the game in general? Uh, yeah, I thought you know, it's it's to be fair, it, it's not exactly you're not putting out a weak inside. I don't think. I think it's nice for Jules to be able to watch a game and not have to feel bloody frustrated and you know spinning around for ninety minutes, which he has done for most <laughs> of the season. So. Um, you know, it's nice for him to actually, you know, be able to observe the team. I think, you know, Hennessy, great for the future. And um, what a great game to try him out on, you know. As for the rest of the lads, you know, Gailey coming in to start with Ince. Well, you know, let's be honest, it was the end of the, you know, we couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, after Gailey's performance on the Monday night, 
you'd be daft not to start with him, really, and you know keep that momentum going, which obviously paid off, you know, in dividends throughout the game. But I don't know the game was fantastic, just in general. You know, the the, yeah. the atmosphere there was was great, and we all just seemed to have a bit of a laugh with it yesterday. It didn't feel very competitive; it just felt like a a nice nice day out, really. Yeah, I think it, uh, what summed it up for me was. Uh, us doing the Olays for Fulham's passing and then booing our own players when they got the ball. Well, I loved it when they scored the first goal and we cheered it. Yeah, exactly. Cheered more than them, yeah. <laughs> I think that yeah, that absolutely sums up the, the, the general attitude, of course. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was that kind of a feeling. But didn't stop us, obviously, making an awful lot of noise and getting behind our players. And I say the, the, the line-up was there. Like you said, the, you know, players did sort of deserve to come in. But I, I don't know if there are any more changes people wanted to see. But, I mean, yeah, your, your thoughts as well on that line-up, Nick? I love it when I ask Nick a question. He's insane. It's gone. It's had enough. Oh, there you go. Uh, Classic, classic gusset. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I said so much when it was muted as well. Um, Gal deserved the start after scoring scoring, uh, twice against Liverpool. Um, How many goals has he got this season? He's a top scorer now. You know, it's blimey. It's amazing, isn't it? He's hardly been on the pitch. Um, I think Jules should be a top scorer. Uh, in which case, is that why Ince started as well? Because we paid so much for him. We just wanted to get, yeah, we wanted <laughs> to get a bit of money for money. Uh, it was like bloody Stato, you are. And um, I think Jules knew against Liverpool that he wasn't going to be starting against um, um, What's that, Bruce? Uh, I, knew Jules, I think Jules maybe knew that Wayne Hennessy was going to start against Fulham. Against yeah. Liverpool, you know what I mean? Which is why his farewell was so emotional. But the Fulham manager told him. Yeah, the team sheet from uh, Tuesday. <laughs> I see where you're going there. Well done, Joe. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Took me a minute. Um, Nick will get there in a moment as well. I got that as well. I sure yeah, told. Well um, <laughs> no, uh, look, I mean, I, the only thing I would say is I was surprised that, in a way, if we were going to, you know, get slightly experimental with the lineup um, in, in, in that we did, you know, what we did, that we didn't go maybe a little bit further. I mean, Johnny Williams has been back with the squad. Um, his his complete absence, you know, wor- worries me a little bit still. I was, you know, that's probably the only little negative I've got. And you know, I know we a lot of people say, you know, Palace fans overrate Johnny Williams, but I, you know, I genuinely just think that there was a great chance to get him back involved and get him feeling more like part of the club again. But you know, I won't I won't dwell on that. But there are, you know, that also on the bench there. I mean, Stuart O'Keefe didn't. Uh, didn't get a run out either, which was a shame. The likes of seeing when when Jedinak uh, unfortunately got injured, and KG came on. It would have been nice to see nice to see O'Keefe get a little run out there as well. But I've, I mean, literally, that's that's it. That's clutching at straws um, uh, in in terms of what I wanted to see. Because um, I, I think obviously we we want also wanted to go out and win the game, and you know you got to reward the players that have um, have put in the shift, put in a shift all season. And it was appropriate we we didn't go overboard, I suppose, with the changes. But but there you go. That, that was my sort of general thoughts on the um, on the starting lineup. But obviously very positive. Um, even though I did arrive to the game pretty late due to the um, police holding our boat back, I don't think it was anything we did on that boat. Although I couldn't really tell you, it got a little bit insane. Our <laughs> <laughs> um, boat was held back by the police. Was it River Police? Yeah, it was, was the it River like, Police. Was it um, they delayed our docking time by 55 minutes, so um, obviously that just made us carry on drinking. And yeah, anyway, but uh, yeah, so um, did get in the game. Unfortunately, according to the highlights, I missed absolutely nothing of the first, of the 
sort of 15 minutes or so I did miss at the start of the uh, start of the game. Um, the general sort of um, feeling sort of leading up to that goal, we had a, it was a relaxed atmosphere. Um, you know, as we've talked about, everyone was sort of like, you know, jovial, having a laugh and sort of lightly taking the piss out of Fulham, but, you know, not, not being too vindictive and, and I thought I thought we did pretty well, um, and, and Fulham as well. They they did all right. They played they sort of played with like a team that, that the pressure had been taken off, and you see that with with teams that go down. They suddenly find now they're not worried about getting relegated that they can they can play a bit of football, and they did they did all right. And I think for me the the one thing I picked out in that first half, other than the goal, was uh, was how Delaney played. Delaney played like it was the sort of biggest game of the season was throwing himself at everything like he has done all that all game. And it was, you know, it, it was great to see. I thought he was our standout player in, in that, in that. He's naked over us, I think. Yeah. I mean, well, on that, on that Joe, I mean, is, is he, I mean, I don't, I don't want to call him an unsung hero. Cause you know, he's one of the, the names for sort of player of the year and all that. But, um, is he, you know, is he one that we perhaps need to give a bit more credit to? I think it'd be really unfair to... I know we, we have to make a point of going, oh, yeah, he's been the player of the season. Mm. But I think it's really unfair this year to, to just single out one person. I mean, Jules has got... From the fans, I mean, Jules, Jules got it from the fans at, at the uh, you know at the Palace yeah. the other night. <clears throat> I mean, he has made some, some worldies, without a doubt. Um but it's just been it's just been so many players that have, that have just played. You know, we have overachieved. Everyone, I think everyone must realise that we've overachieved. But we've yeah. overachieved for a reason, and I think it, it, it's it's that's the the, the uh, we've got that team spirit back. Yeah, I always, I always thought that whenever we had that, even in the championship, that we seemed to overachieve because of the team spirit. But we've also got players now that are. That are battle hard and not scared of going to the big grounds anymore. Facing the big players and facing, it's uh, it'd be unfair. I'd, if I had to pick one player, yeah, Ward, yeah, for me, Ward. I don't think he's done. You know, he's ten bad minutes in in the old season. Yeah, I tell you what, um, I will, I will pick him a little bit for um for Fulham's first goal <laughs> a little bit later on. Uh, just uh, Nick wants to come. In. I just want to make a. Um, Actually, no, go on, Nick. I'll let you go straight in. Yeah, Joe uh, kind of said what I was going to say. He, he's picked out well, but I don't think you could... It's hard to pick out anybody from the team as mm. a player of the season now because they, I can't can't pick out anybody who's been that bad for us over the season. They've all had their good moments, even... No, not at all. You know, so it's it, it's difficult, and, and we've played well as a team. And I think yeah. the, the secret was keeping Keith Millen there because... That, that first game after, you know, the turning point of the season was definitely the, the Fulham 4-1. So, you know, I, I kept thinking, you know, that was that was, that was was a moment of our season. Mm. So I, I voted for the Kazami goal as the goal of the season in the in the Palace Awards, in the whole awards. It was <laughs> that good. Um, <laughs> but that, that, that changed our season and it was just nice to end against Fulham, which was yeah. our turning point. And... That's- it was exhibition. It was an end of season game, and it was nice that everybody had a jolly old time. I mean, I wasn't taking it too seriously. Yeah, you know, it's it just seemed weird watching a game where you're not biting your nails. Yeah, it, it really was, and at, at times it, it did show a little bit. We got a little bit of flat in the crowd, and sort of just. But I, I, I think it was more a case of taking a bit of time just to enjoy it, just mm. to sort of look around, you know, look around the ground, and sort of have a 
have a laugh with various different people you'd sort of seen all season. It's like, you know, you're not going to see a lot of these people again sort of for the rest of the year. I want to pick up on something Joe said. Joe was pointing out about the team spirit. And Tony Pulis was saying um, see, during the week that he was, um, it's the best group he's ever worked with. And um, I, I just, that that kind of praise from, from someone like him. It's not, he's not a soundbite manager, yeah? He's not someone who goes goes out in the press and says what he wants. You know, he'll, he will manipulate things to a degree to get people on his side and whatever. But he said that at a time where he was reflecting on the season. And I don't think there's any, you know, there's any spin on that. I think he genuinely believes in his long and distinguished managerial career. The team spirit at the club now is his is the best he's ever seen. And it's exactly why we've overachieved, isn't it, Joe? I think so. I mean, like you say, purely he's, he's not the kind of manager like, like just, that likes to blow smoke up your arse just for the sake of it. Mm. I think he does. He just... He's old school. He tells it as it is. He just tells you the truth, and and I think you know we're we're an honest club, aren't we? I, I like to think yeah. that we, you know, we're we're still caught up in a little bit of the innocence of the Premier League, you know. But um, like I think we're an honest club, and proved that again against Liverpool by by playing as if it was the first game, and not that, and you know, there was always something to fight for, um, and it was because it, you know we conceded a place and gone down to 12 it would have cost us a couple of million quid and you know it's just uh, everything it's worth playing for they only get a limited you know 15 16 17 years some of these players to have a career and earn a load of dough yeah. and try and be as and just try you only have to try that that amount of time do what you like with the rest of your life exactly but, um, and, and, that's, <laughs> and we seem to have that but we've we've always we've, we've always seemed to have that we've never really had that you know um I like to think we just think we're a very honest club. I hope it stays that way as well. Yeah, same, definitely. Um, Nick, you had a, a quick question. Go. go yeah, to kind of time with that, and I know we're moving away from the match a little bit, but I think a lot of that comes with the we we are a community club, and see Steve Parish um, again without blowing smoke up people's bums. He's, he's he's on the message board answering questions. He's he's inviting people up for photos who've been pushed back by a steward, you know, and it we just all feel part of it. Yeah, I, I mean, know, and it's you know even you know anybody you talk to, I think fans of other teams, dare I say, are kind of jealous of Palace fans at the moment for the yeah, renaissance I, we've had. I, I really think, think. I do. I totally agree. I think that's absolutely true that they're jealous of you know in a lot. Of, some of them won't admit it. They're jealous of the atmosphere yeah. we create and the way that we're treated. And you but know, I think my point was it, it that is what helped put into the team spirit of Palace because they mm. can feel that they they uh, there is a I don't know a bond between the players and the and the fans, but there's definitely something special at Sellers. And and how many players would love to play in that atmosphere week in week out? Oh, you know, there's not many that get to, I, get to I, enjoy that atmosphere. I said this a, a while ago, I think, on the show. I hope I did anyway. Um, after a game a, couple, a few weeks back, now we're talking to Danny Gavadon, and he was saying that one of the first things that happens after a game at Sellers. Or you know, or you know, some away games as well. Is that the opposition players come and talk to them about our supporters and about the noise that they make? Really? Yeah. And he says it's the it says every game without fail it happens. Uh, and he says that's what you know, and, and that's what they love about our football club playing for Palace. And that's why. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It does bring it, it does bring into the into the spirit of the whole thing. It, it, no, it's it's great. And obviously, we can eulogise about this all day. And I'm, but I'm sure, we'll, and we'll come back to it in our uh, end of season review show as well but um, yeah. it's just it's nice to take a minute and again you, you mentioned Keith Millen I saw, saw a little interview with him in the South London press 
uh, this week, and it was it was great to see him talk and fight. He actually finally sort of took a minute to make reference to his own little period where he said like okay Tony Pulis has gone on and he's got us organised he's got everyone to believe in themselves everyone knows their job and that's what we need and that's why we are what we are but he also said but I think you know he, he, he took a, some satisfaction out of what he did which was not change anything dramatic but just get us organised and just get the, the team to pull together and play you know play as a team and, and it really the, you're right the firefighting job he did was great uh, but Back to the Fulham game. Uh, um, Barney, we haven't had a chance to talk to you. You had an interesting experience in the uh, neutral end? <laughs> yeah, I think Fulham <laughs> need to reconsider why they what they actually consider a neutral end. Because <laughs> You know it wasn't supposed to be neutral for this, for that game. I think that's probably well, what's caught you out. But yeah, go on. I got a neutral ticket. So <laughs> All right, fair play. <laughs> go and sit in there. Take my back <clears throat> there. And they're obviously... The Palace fans had taken over the neutral end at, at Craven Cottage. And so I sat down there and we were being perfectly quiet. We had our scarves on and then we, all right, we were being a bit noisy, but we were having really good banter with the, with the Fulham fans and they, you know, we were respecting each other's opinions. Yeah. And then the steward came up to me and my friend and said, I'm going to be nice to you. You can either go and sit in with the Palace lot or you can cover up and be quiet. So he said, well, you better relocate us then, don't you? So then we just <laughs> shifted down to the other side. That's and we, got some really, we actually got really good seats. We went right on the other side, and they yeah. put us right in the. They put us just above the um, the disabled spot, so we could see oh, yeah. the pitch beautifully. Oh, so, better than you I know. What was, what was, <laughs> I am. Uh, um, amazing. I got, I got relocated many years ago at Old Trafford. It must Did be, you? He won the season we, we won the cup we didn't win the cup final we went to the cup final but i went up to old trafford in the days you could just roll up and buy a ticket i bought a ticket for 14 quid off a towel ended up sitting in the man you right night reserve i managed to make my way to the palace fans yeah uh, we needed jails hovis music for for that little story there. <laughs> and of course 14 quid was a lot of money back then wasn't it nick anyway um <laughs> that was a junior price yeah. I looked 15 when I was 20. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I mean, yeah, as, uh, we were we were um, we were talking specifically about the um, about that, that the first half lead. Almost, well, we haven't really talked about the goal yet. But what we'll do is we'll take a quick break for a um, for a clip from the whole awards, and when we return, we'll be talking about the opening goal. Best thread. Obviously, this one is all about which topic of discussion was the most important to all the users on the site who have voted. Uh, what the nominations say about the voting users of this site, I think I'll leave to your judgment. And the nominees are... Margaret Thatcher, MP Thread, number 8, Today's Games Online. And the winner is... Today's Games Online. This was the tightest category in all the entire award show. Uh, this thread won by a single vote. It's the thread where people get to watch Palace games online, though, so you can see the motivation. Now we're a Premier League club. Right. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, just so in, in case you're confused by that, that's the Homesdale.net awards. If you use the Homesdale.net, you'll hopefully know about them and have voted. If you don't, listen to my occasionally amusing descriptions. Uh, and they're only very, very short clips, and we'll be announcing those continuously throughout the show today. Right. 
Um, so coming back to the first half, we're talking about just about to talk about uh, Gale's first goal. Uh, so obviously it came from a, um, a long sweeping pass out to Yannick Balassi. Balassi knocks the ball back to Joel Ward. Joel Ward comes inside onto his right foot, drills in a shot, and the anticipation from, from Gale is there. And he just diverts the ball into uh, well, what became an unguarded net with the way the keeper was going. And um, it's a real poacher's finish. And I think the variety of goals we're starting to see from, from Gale shows you all you need to know about him. But... Um, didn't look the most impressive goal, did it, uh, Nick? But when you when you consider what he did, um, you know, it's perhaps a better goal than people give it would give it credit for. Yeah, especially you know when you got the um, got slow motion in your lounge, um, you can just see how quickly reflexed he is. Quickly reflexed, quick reflexes he's got to to just poke his leg in the way and divert it from the keeper. I, you know, I'm not sure whether the keeper would have got it if he hadn't done that. But um, it was a great goal and. Um, yeah, well deserved. He's a. It's. Joe said he's a top player, and he's always um, championed Dwight Gale, and uh, quite right. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk about Joe's championing of Dwight Gale soon, because um, I want to talk about my own championing of the same player as well. We can bask in our own collective intelligence. But um, I'm going to go to you first, Barney. Um, so, I mean, what were your thoughts on what that showed about Gale that opening goal? Um, I just, to be honest with you, I think he just showed confidence. You know, he showed confidence to make the run into the box, and it just, you know, that that sort of that extra sort of, you know, inch that you know gets gets those sort of goals. It was a poacher's goal, and you know, it's not a pretty goal, but actually, you look at some of the most successful strikers in the Premier League, they've been poachers. You know, you, and that's that's a pretty good thing to have, and obviously, you know, on. You know, not too dissimilar to his second goal on, on um, you know, Monday night. You know, working off the player, working off the player behind him, and just having that instinct and actually the, the awareness of the goal. You know, that I think that just shows yeah. a hell of a lot of maturity. Is you know, I think that shows a class of striker not having to actually look where the goal is, but just got a really good awareness of where he is in the box. And I think. That's- that's what confidence gives you. You think you, you know, you just think you're impossible when you get the ball and all you've got in your mind, and no doubt that you're gonna, you're gonna whack it in the back of the net. And we've just got to make sure now that that confidence spills through with Gailey for next season. Because Christ, uh-huh. if he can start off like that, yeah. we, we, we're we're all right. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. You think the goals he scored this season? When I mean, I think earlier in the season it, it was a fair, fair criticism that he's that sort of movement wasn't there really. Um, mm. You know, he, he had a little bit of a spark um, winning a penalty early in the season, um, but but other than that, it, you know, it, it really was a couple of cameos off the bench, and uh, obviously I think the goal in the cup as well. But yeah, he, you know, he he was he was a danger, but but for generally he just wasn't in the game enough that you kind of expect at Premier League level. And I'm sure that's because of exactly what Tony Pulis has been talking about, about his integration into the group and, you know, how far he'd come so quickly and also the pressure of, of being our record signing and, and being told in the press, you know, to try and give him confidence, obviously the right things. It was said in the press by, by manager and chairman, which um, Steve Parrish has already apologised to Gail for, of saying, you know, this guy is going to get us the goals to stay up and, yeah, I think it was a little bit too much for him, but yeah, he's turned it around brilliantly. I think, I think to add to that, I think if you look at the good Premier League strikers, then if you, I bet you if you looked at the percentage of how much they actually hold the ball, it's probably very minimal. You know, it's all about where they are, and you know, you look at the yeah, look at other Premier League teams. 
Okay, look at, you know, I don't know, Liverpool, for example. You know, Suarez and Sturridge, they know exactly where each other are on the pitch all the time. And that's why they've netted, you know, X amount of goals this season. And I think, you know, Gailey just seems to now, like I said, just have that that little bit of an insider. Maybe it's a little bit more maturity in his game that hopefully Pulis has brought that to him and worked on his positioning. Because to be a good striker, that's what it's all about, is are you in the right place at the right time to be able to get your bloody foot behind it to whack it in the back of the net. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, I mean, and, and, and he's showing just everything that he's got. Now, Joe, it's, it's gloating time. Um, we've just talked... Oh, uh, yeah, go on. You've, you said me. Right. Um, we've just talked about the finish for the goal and, and what that means. Absolutely. You know, great. But but at a broader scale, just how good can this boy be? Well, he can, he can be... Four and a half million quid's worth, can't he? Because that's you know that's the, what we were rumoured to have paid for him, and it, it, someone has, has scouted him. Someone has has looked for all his goals that he scored for Peterborough, and it's like we said, he puts his boot right through it when he shoots. Mm. He properly shoots. He doesn't, you know, the goal he scored against Villa in the top corner, screamer. Yeah. But he, but he really he knows he's left footed, right footed. I mean, he's got yeah. the perfect yeah. hat trick in hat trick in two games against Liverpool, right foot, left foot header. Yeah. But, but, what, but, the, but the other thing is, what Gale isn't, right, and which, which he was trying to be used at in the beginning of the season, he's a hold-up man. He's five foot nothing. You can't, he's, he's not a hold-up man. Shamek's a hold-up man. Ga, um, uh, Murray's a hold-up man. You know, Gale, he plays off of the shoulder. Do you remember I said to you what, what he needed to do? When him and Murray were playing together, they needed yeah. to be no more than 20 yards apart. And I'll tell you what, it put, it, the, 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 uh, the third goal... When, when that ball came over and and um, Murray chested it past the defender, look how far Gale was from him, no more than 15 feet. Yeah. And a little bit of acceleration through pass, and, and he's in. He, he, he is he's an on-the-shoulder player. But the thing, I said to you, you can see it. People watch, and you can see what he's done, and you can see other times when he's played. And he's made a run and not been seen. And then he's... And he's, he's stopped it and his hands up in the air and his head goes down and then people go, you know, oh, he's had a mirror. It's not he's had a mirror. He made the run. He wasn't seen. And, but what he is getting, and because of our confidence and the, and the, and the pressure completely off, you know, with three or four games to go, um, he's, he's the, the fruition of him, he's, he's got the, uh, he's been able to play with a bit of freedom, hasn't he? You know, yeah. he doesn't have to, to come on and not score any goals and people would have said oh yeah well Liverpool are bound to come and give us an idea or whatever but you know it, it, everyone has a job and I, I just thought he, he's he's a, he's a great he's a, he can be fantastic for us yeah it's I find it a, a strange one a lot of people probably myself included wanted to compare him to AJ early doors um, and I just I don't really I don't see him as that now I've seen him a bit more and, and I i kind of prefer the comparisons to Defoe looking at him. Yes, the ability, the, ability, the ability to hit it as hard as he does with both feet. You know, the fact that he will find the, you know, find the target more often than not. Um, you know, I talked earlier in the season about the warm-up and about him putting it in the corners every time and no other player doing that. It didn't matter where he hit it, you know, you know which foot he was hitting with and where he was sort of positioned in that little warm-up. The ball went in the corner, top corner every time. Top corners and bottom corner, sorry, every single time. And that, I mean, that... You, something if you can do that and then the rest will come you know learning how to to do to make the right moves in the premier league is 
you know, it's something that you can teach a player like that. He's got pace, he's got energy, he's stronger than people give him credit for. Um, I don't think but, he's not overawed, is he? He doesn't look no. overawed now. No, exactly. Early, early in the season, you thought you could see we scored the goal. He was delighted early doors, and but you could just see like his general movement around the pitch. He wasn't. It is almost like he thought, "How the hell did this happen?" You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's not. It's not that he doesn't believe in himself. It was just. It's an awful lot to take in. It sort of reminds me of the look on Dave Martin's face when he joined us from Dart, uh, Dartford, wherever he is. And Warnock yeah, came well, in. Warnock came in and started him, and like just hadn't realised he hadn't played. And the look on his face as he looks at the homes at the end of the game as they were singing his name and stuff like that, kind of disbelief of, you know, oh, hang on a second, I was, I was working part-time on a building site and playing for, playing for Dartford about, you know, three weeks ago, and now look, it's that sort of thing. And, and he's quite, yeah. Was that the one who crossed the ball for Graben to score? Or was it <laughs> Let's not, let- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Let's, let's not, please, let's not go down that little meme. That was so <laughs> I'd have to explain that and then, oh, anyway, so yeah. Anyway. No, make it an in-joke. Yeah, keep it, keep it as an in-joke, that one. But um, I, I, I haven't finished talking about Gail, frankly. But um, I, I, I'm really worried because I, I can feel us doing it now. I'm really worried that we'll put too much pressure on him. And given what's been said, in, you know, about him integrating and him struggling early on and, and not really feeling up to the, you know, up to it, I'm a bit worried that if we start putting more pressure on him and say, oh, next season this boy's going to get us 20 goals, or whatever, he's gonna. I think he's still going to have dips. I still think there's a season more i reckon there's a season more of, of, of learning um before he's going to be that that strike we think he's going to be if, but, if um, we don't do that any if we don't do that though chris the the the, the, the papers will do it he scored four oh, goals yeah. in two games they know yeah. what he's all about now and, and if we don't do it we just go we, we'll just be the same yeah if he gets us 10 or 15 goals and then they'll put it on him where he's got to score every other game that's what happens with the premier league it's the other pressures that come with it that 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 will that will just put the pressure on him. We won't. Yeah. No, that's, that's no. You're no. You're right. And we're not like that as a supporter base. But having said that, a lot of people were very very quick to try and write him off early in the season and, and call him a waste of money. And those people, obviously, um, of starting, you know, have not completely changed their minds. At least would see what we, what we bought in what you know what the potential we bought was. Um, it's interesting because I mean I remember uh, certainly our conversations, Joe and. I think earlier in the season we're about okay you know he's not he's not having a great effect on the game but he he gives you goals and how many would if we just started him in every game no matter what how many would he have ended up with um it's an interesting argument because you you look at his sort of goals goals per minutes on the pitch ratio or whatever and you just think well hang on yeah <laughs> it's hard to argue that but i mean you know he got those goals for coming off the bench because you know defenses are stretched and tight and sometimes and 
all that sort of stuff. So he was he was managed in the right way. And I, I think probably if anything, the, the eight goals is probably that's probably the optimum. You know, if you in some ways if you'd played him more, he might have struggled more, and you might you know you certainly would probably wouldn't have ended the season getting sort of four goals in two games. You could have done more damage than good, I think. So. Uh, you know, I can kind of understand the debates and the fact that people wanted to see more of him, but um, I think we—I think it's pretty clear since Tony Pulis has come in, we've managed pretty much every single player exactly the right way. The only—the only one I've got any grievance with is Johnny Williams, and I was also really happy that we got him out for um to actually play some football out on loan. So um, there you go. I disagree. I think Williams would have done really well in that team. I think he'd have thrived. I think they've, they've missed a trick. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I've seen it for why. Because the more that I look at it now, the more that you can't argue with the way that Pulis has used him. Because there are times when we needed Shamak up there on his own to get beat up. And Gale would have got smashed to pieces. Mm. There are times when, when he was on his own, we were playing five, four, five, you know, and, and it needed that. And I don't think Gale could have could have coped with that. And I think as we've as we've gone through the season got better and more cohesive and more used to how or what Pulis wants and he's brought him in as a sub and given him more and more, and then he's unleashed him right at the ends and says, no, go and do your stuff. No, I'll make you right, mate, make, make you right on Gail. Nick was talking about uh, Williams. Um, oh, bit. sorry. That's all right. No, you, I'd say, I totally agree with what you said on, on Gail there. Absolutely spot on. He did the right thing, and certainly earlier in the season, leading the line on his own, no chance at, at all. And, and he, was also, he, was, sorry, he was also being used in that wide wide forward role wasn't he yeah he's not a winner uh, that, that's awful that's just terrible it's not where he plays he plays through the centre and being played through the centre and give, like especially that the, the last game uh, you know the game yesterday it was just great for him to get 90 minutes through the centre score two goals and be very very unlucky as we'll come to in a bit uh, to, to not get that trick uh, Nick you were just shouting something and then we'll come to Barney don't worry about it go to Barney Barney <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks Nick um <laughs> I, I was just actually going to just put, just point out Gailey's reaction after the game. Even I don't know whether you guys saw, but him and Punchy stayed on afterwards. Yeah, yeah. They were getting in the crowd. They were taking their shirts off and, you know, really getting involved with it. And you just think he kind of looked grateful to a lot of the fans. For sort of, I don't know, I kind of felt that was a, a moment of thanks very much for sticking with me. I hope I've sort of repaid a little bit of this. But, yeah. you know, it, it, I don't know. It just felt, it, he felt quite... He, like he, he really wanted to be there. He looked like a happy lad yesterday. I don't know yeah, if anybody else saw it. Yeah, I did. I, same with same with. Sorry, Joe. I'll, I'll let you speak. Same with like you said about punching as well. They they want. They sort of almost were on their way back in, and they both stopped, turned around, and came back out to give yeah. people in the crowd their shirts and just. And I love to see that from punching as well. We were talking about him the other week, and I don't really remember if I said this, but um, I was reading in an interview with him that. You know, we were quite critical of him. A lot of people were uh, of, of how he was playing initially. And we put it down to, oh, you know, he's not trying. He's a better player if he tries harder. And he actually came out and said, you know, that because he'd come back to Palace, the club he sort of started as as, as a kid with, because he'd come back to Palace it, and it was his club and it was his town, it's where he wanted to be. He, he fr- almost froze at times. He said he was like incredibly nervous. So, and it gave me a completely different perspective on on Jason Punchin as a, as a football player and and how he, you know, and how what his reactions during games and you know when he's been taken off or when he's had a poor game. He's all his reactions are different. I had this sort of mindset of what the sort of player he was, and now I know you know what what was affecting him. I see him a completely different way, and I thought like I totally agree, Barney. It was great to see. Sorry, Joe. I was going to make exactly the same point as what you said about oh. punching. I think he was was 
obviously out there as well and and taking the appreciation and, and sucking up the appreciation as well i think because like you say the, the, the thing is about about you know players that we were critical of and we can say this because because we were fans first and foremost yeah is that when he first came he was pretty rubbish <laughs> and, and he did. No, but he did. He deserved the criticism. Listen, mm. what he's trying to do is get out that right wing, cut in, and hit a screaming at the bottom right hand corner from yeah. thirty yards. And he fouled and fouled and fouled. But now what he's doing is he's now turning. It, it still happens a little bit where he could have laid in Johnny Parr the other day for a tap in when he decided to shoot himself when it was mm. you know Parr virtually an open goal and he hit the post, but he hit the post. You know, um, had it gone in, we'd all be singing his praises. But the thing is, what he's done is, is progressively, like the whole team, have got better and better throughout the season. And then what happens is you, you go from the criticism. Everyone gets it. Every team, every player gets it off the fans. And you, you go through the criticism and then you, and then you end up getting the praise. Now, next year, he needs to, he, he, you know, he, I think with, with Cunchen, you can see he's got all the skill. And I think we're not worried about him trying to curl one every single game into the top corner like he did at Cardiff. Mm. You know, you know he's got that brilliance in his locker. But what he needs to, my only thing with him is he, he, he does something brilliant and then he tries to do it again and then he tries to do it again and then mm. he loses the ball. And, it, and that's what Wilf used to do. You knew yeah. he had something brilliant inside him, but then he used to lose the ball and drive people mad. So I think next year, when you know, when he becomes more and more of a team player, do his brilliance, then set someone else up, he'll get he'll get even more appreciate appreciation, and he and he and he will integrate himself into, into the club. And the other thing as well, like we said last time, last time I was on, you know, when you've made it, when you get your own song, yeah, and he'll have a song, plays like that every week in week out, he'll have his own song. Absolutely. Nick, your quick question's going to have to wait. We're going to take a very, very short interlude for the next category in the Homesdale.net Awards. Funniest poster. This category is, of course, entirely subjective. One man's funny is another man's Michael McIntyre. Nevertheless, this award is for the person who the voters feel has provided the most funny moments on Homesdale.net in the last 12 months. And the nominees are... Cucking Funt. Hoof-Hearted. Kermit 8. And the winner is... Cucking Funt. A former site moderator, Mr. Funt has thrown off those shackles this year to rejoin the masses. His acerbic wit, incisive opinion and matter-of-fact delivery have served only to increase his standing on the site. A site he has been part of from the very beginning. The win means the pressure is on for the next 12 months. Can he be similarly amusing under such scrutiny? It's Dennis Norden, that's who it is. <laughs> Dennis I, bloody Norden. Um, you were talking about players coming off the pitch and getting applause. Um, yeah. How how did what did Ince do at the end of the game? Did he look like a player? Yeah, no, he, no, he's not. I, I don't believe for a second that Thomas Ince will stay unless uh, unless we offer him a decent deal and he doesn't get any any other offers from. I, I said the other week. He he, you know, he is he is, gives the impression of a player who does not want to do the job he will need to do in that side. I, I, that, if that makes sense, he, I, he doesn't really want to do any defending. And if he wants to be played at Palace, he, he will need to do defending. Uh, he's yes. a really, really good little player, but he gave me the impression. He gave, you know, he was appreciative to the fans and he's done, do you know what? He's done nothing wrong in, from, from uh, respect to the club and fans point of view since he's been at Palace. He, he's been a real credit to himself and, you know, I, I'm not going to slag him off, but but I just you know there was nothing in in 
no clue at the end of the game uh, that he would he's changed his mind from what he was saying on TV the other day that you know that he's thinking about going abroad and or you know seeking a new challenge and that he hasn't completely ruled us out but you know it's good as kind of thing. Yeah, do you think it was worth the money? On balance, uh, I, I think I said this again, and I'd, I'd just to make the point. I, I think Steve Parrish said it as well fairly recently uh, on a Palace radio interview. Um, but I, I said it before him, <laughs> just so, I, so you know I'm not copying him. Um, and I think I think the effect of signing him. First of all, you had that first game; he got an assist and a goal in his first game against West Brom. Vital game, vital win. So he was almost worth the money for that one game alone. Um, but I think when you have a player of that quality and uh, who who you know commits and integrates into the group the way he has and you know buys into what we're doing, even if he's not playing. I think it just adds it adds something he's added something to the squad. It's a squad game he's added to the squad. He's you know he's he's someone who can easily come in for either winger so they know they've got to be on their game. Um and it and I think he was worth the money because ultimately we've finished 11th. He's a big part of that personally. I don't know what you reckon Barney. I I think you just dropped I just uh, you think you just dropped out a little bit there Chris. I mean I think yeah, he made some good points there about him. So I just don't know if he... I think he sort of comes with a bit of arrogance and I think he thought maybe he was just going to walk in and, and be Tom Ince about it, you know? And I don't think that's quite worked for him, you know? And I I, I heard his dad talk about him and he, Paul seemed to say that Tom understands that it's about the team and it's not about the individual players, you know? So... Um, I, I don't know. I think he just. I, I, I'd be interested to see him for another half a season. I'd be interested to, to you know, see what he can do. To be honest with you, I, I, I don't know if we've seen him enough to be able to form a very sort of. I'll use the word intelligent, but yeah, you know, a, opinion of him. I know, I know exactly. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. It, it is tough, isn't it? Because we've only seen fleeting glimpses of, glimpses of him since um, since he came out of the side and. But you know, like I say, I, I think overall he's probably probably had an effect. Anyway, that little interlude was courtesy of uh, Nick Gillard. Thanks, Nick. Um, I mean, again, going back to the Fulham game, we won't we won't spend a huge amount of time overanalyzing or anything like that. But I mean, just just to finish off, we talked about Gale's goal. Uh, we haven't talked about his his second. But um, I mean, the first half, the only other thing of real note I thought uh, was uh, was a good save from Hennessy. He was a header on the back post, and he got down really really well for a big keeper. And pushed it away, and he, he didn't do anything wrong. He's got a little kick on him as well. So, but you know, plenty of um, sort of uh, positives for, for Hennessy going forward, looking in the future. I'll uh, just get your your view on this, Nick, so we can m- move this show along. So just you, just your views on Hennessy. I thought he came out well, looked confident, needed the game time. Uh, I don't think he was at fault for the two goals. And if he's our keeper next season, I won't be too upset by it. His distribution was superb, absolutely superb. He needed to go. Distribution superb. Oh yes, long distance distribution. Did you not see the? Did you not see the lovely uh, distribution to the uh, away dugout? Uh, well, there's a there's a disagreement here, so I think it's possibly going to be a fight to the death between Barney and Nick <laughs> at some point, maybe at the end of season show. But I'll go for his weak arm. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten you broke an arm in your one appearance for us on a football pitch. Well done, mate. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, I'd, again, I'd, uh, just one quick question for you on that, actually, Nick. Um, you, you say you know if, if he's our keeper next season. Do you, do you think that's likely? I think the season Jules has had, there's there's no chance. <laughs> 
I think maybe maybe towards the end of the season, or maybe if, if Jules gives him a you know a reason to to, to sort of make gives Tony Pulis a reason to make the change. But I, I think Jules has got a good couple of years left in him yet. So what do you reckon? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can speculate all summer, can't we? And I'm not going to bother. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you. Thanks. <laughs> all right, you have saved me a bit of time. Uh, second half, I'm going to be critical. I thought we were very very sloppy. Uh, come out of the second half. I think Fulham had a, a bit of urgency. Obviously, McGath is known as a as a tough manager, and I think probably half time he he made it clear that you know this is not an exhibition match. You're losing this game. You're going to go out and you get back in it. And I was impressed with the movement of um, Corley Rud Woodrow, their number twenty five, all game. Uh, and I was annoyingly talking about him at the end of the at the first half, saying that um, his, his movement's good. He's a good little player. And because he pretty early in that, that that first half, he's um he's dumped Joel Ward in his backside with a quick turn and sort of smashed the ball in the, in the, in the far corner and very very impressive. But no one really to blame but ourselves because because we let we we lacked a little bit of urgency. And it's obviously, you know, it's really stupid to be critical uh, in in a game like that. But I mean, yeah, I found it a little bit annoying at the time. Um, let's see if I can start with hmm, who shall I start with? Gel, go on then. Thoughts. What be, be critical about that? Well, I thought Wolves <laughs> slipped anyway. He didn't just get dumped on his arse. He actually slips. All right, so, but you know, he's he is he is their future. He's one of their future, and, and yes, um, you know, McGat or whatever his name is, is has already turned around and said today was a great, a really good interview of him in the Times today's hours. Him and the owner, um, and they both said that that, that they're going to use the, the youth policy next year, and then and the big names they brought in have failed. They have openly criticised the big names and big players that they brought into uh, to the club. So it, it'd be nice to see Fulham, you know, uh, try and bring some, you know, be, be much the same as what we did. Yeah, you know, nothing, you know, nothing to do with the players. You know, it's diving to their academy and uh, and really try and bring some 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 players through, and hopefully they'll be, you know, with, with a hint of sarcasm. Hopefully they'll be English, um, because that can only be good for the game. You know, lots of think it's only the the few smaller clubs in the Premiership that are actually bringing through English players and not filling their their whole squads up with expensive yeah. foreign imports. Absolutely. And, and, and Fulham have been doing an awful lot of work on that. Uh, someone we know very, very well at uh, Palace, Kit Simons, was um, was responsible for a lot of their academy stuff. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, he's he's done an awful lot of work there. Uh, and, yeah, they've been producing some very good talent down there. And um, there's, there's a lad called Patrick Roberts as well. He's one to look out for next season. And I really like uh, uh, Felix McGaffey. He's, he's, a, you know, he's a bit of a character and... Say, it's a bit of a nutcase, I think. Yeah, yeah, real interesting reputation. But I think they'll, I think, although you can criticise some of the managerial changes, I don't think it's, I think they, they've almost got the right man sort of with the third time of asking, I think. So, um, is so it me? I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sure but, the Fulham managers on Guess Who, that game. <laughs> he is, he's also Penfold from Danger Mouse. Um, yes. All right, listen, we've got uh, another quick Homesdale Award. We'll come back and we'll, we'll rush through a few things. So, quick one coming up. <laughs> Best Keyboard Warrior. A new award, but one which provided a rich tapestry of entries before shortlisting. Typically, a Keyboard Warrior, also known as an Internet Tough Guy, which is a phrase I actively encourage you to Google image search, is a term used on hold to describe those who are quick to anger or 
present themselves as a physical threat, as well as those who feel that abuse is preferable to discussion. Since the voting process is anonymous, I look forward to the nominees and eventual winner sending threatening messages of abuse my way instead. And the nominees are... Adrian B. Bubble Rap. Matt himself. And the winner is... Adrian B. Adrian joined Homestyle.net in 2009. It is, however, only really this season that has seen him find his voice. An often seemingly very angry, confrontational, condescending and aggressive voice, but a voice nonetheless. The site does need people like Adrian to stimulate debate, so he should accept the award with pride. Okay, the, the music you're trying to work out, if you are, is it's the catchphrase music. Some music from catchphrase, anyway. Um, okay, uh, very, very quick. Uh, we talked about Gale at length, so we're not going to talk about him uh, too much more in any detail, other than to point out that his free kick was absolutely magnificent. Barney, you're going to get a chance to eulogise over the goal. Off you go. Well, just fantastic. Can't can't say any more, really. Pinpoint crap. Uh, pretty poor wall from Fulham. If you watch back the replays, they uh, the, they didn't put their man on the end. So, um, well thought. And, um, yeah, you know, great, Another, great finish. Summed up, his, summed up his week, really, I thought. Yeah. Another string to his bow as well. I think that's the phrase. I always get confused. But anyway. Like yeah, strings and bows. Yeah, whatever. We know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Joe, you were saying? He does take free kicks anyway. Didn't he score he a spring against Brentford? Yeah, yeah, 45 yards at least, that one. Yeah, and yeah, nonchalantly. It's longer. Yeah. 35, I heard. <laughs> 58 yards. No, it was honestly quality. Absolute quality. And it really annoys the hell out of me when we waste uh, shooting opportunities on free kicks. I love the fact we've got someone who can hit the target and be a real danger because uh, we've been a bit, a bit too inconsistent in that for, uh, for some time now. But anyway, great to get that goal. Very, very late in the game. Annoyingly, Fulham did it again. Sensational equaliser against us. I don't really want to talk about that. You don't want to really hear about it. But all I'll say is I agree with Nick when Nick said that uh, Hennessy could not get near it. Um, oh, we did those two topics pretty quickly. Uh, here's, here's one more uh, Homestale Award. Most Helpful Poster. This award is also known as the Staffy Award, as he will quite obviously win it again. He's the most helpful man ever. All three of the nominees in this category are moderators of this site, giving up their free time to try and help the users of Homesdale.net. You have to wonder what their game really is, though. It's all a bit sinister. And the nominees are... Hambo. Pastable Shoot. Staffy. And the winner is... Staffy. Staffy is an enigma. You could be sitting next to him right now and you wouldn't even know it. His name begins with a small s and you better not forget it. He is the custodian of mp3s, football links and downloads. He is the greatest human being alive. <laughs> um, that what got into me when I was recording those, I really don't. Um, right, okay, uh, let's just say this. 2-2, um, the game finished. I think on, on the balance of play, it was a fair result. Let's see, see what the lads think. Fair result, Joe? Yes. Fair result, Barney? Uh, yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted. Someone who didn't want to admit it because Palace didn't win. Totally agree, mate. And Nick? Yeah, totally. And it was an exhibition game and it was a nice end of season. Jolly and I wasn't too fussed, whatever the score was. If we'd yeah. lost, I wouldn't have been fussed. We if just I, um... made a lot of noise and... We look to the future with Gailey. Um, I think things are looking up. Nice nice way to end the season at an old-fashioned football ground. 
Yeah, the only slight criticism, criticism from um, um, from Fulham's part. There were a couple of things. A lot, I think, basically, people who got told they couldn't take flags in, uh, we had to give the flags for safekeeping, and a lot of those flags were then binned, which just seems petty and vindictive. Uh, and also, a lot of the last day inflatables, if that was your, if that was your thing that you wanted to do um, for the season, a lot of people did. It was uh, plenty of seeing amusing, seeing flamingos and whatnot floating around the place. But a lot of those got confiscated by the stewards as well. And it, yeah, it just seemed a little bit petty. I don't, I don't know why I'd they did that. I'd imagine a few of the inflatables were actually taken from the boats on the way up there, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, there's, some, there's a few life-saving uh, things. Well, the, but, yeah. the, blow up, the blow up doll with the beard and the Brighton shirt on. Yeah, that's, no, my, that's my mate. The one that's on Eurovision. That's my mate Paul's... Uh, Thing. It, it, last year the sign on him he's, he was called Gus I've got bad news about him which I'll tell you in a minute but he's called Gus is he uh, no more he exists but in uh, in a diff- permanently deflated state at the moment a little bit like Brighton fans in general but, but um, yeah last uh, at Wembley he went to Wembley with a sign on him that said the only Brighton fan will uh, go to Wembley this year and obviously yesterday it was the only Brighton fan who will see the Premier League as well so um yeah, he's good. Gus was great, and if you've seen any pictures of someone with a weird inflatable blow-up sex doll, yeah, that was him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, all right, good stuff. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it was too. Too, it was, it was a great. Like you said, Nick, it was a lovely way to end the season. I, I'll say the boat trip as well. The study centre one I was on. Fair play to everyone on that for organising it. Brilliant, brilliant time. Um, be a shame, shame it's all coming to an end. Shame it's the end of the season though. But um, I mean, one little word for the future. I mean, I mean there's, there's two, uh, on the striking side of things, we we focus a lot on this all season. And I want to know um, what what you guys think whether whether a Gail Murray or a Gail Chamac sort of partnership uh, would be still would be something that's good enough next season. What, what do you think, guys? Uh, start with you, Nicholas. Okay, Gail and Murray up front, Chamac just behind them. Okay, oh, really? We, yeah, but then I thought about this and thought, where do we put Ledley? You've got the Wonder Wingers on the wings and um, that bloke who only sorted himself out after me and Jill had a word with him in central <laughs> defence. And um, the, the the back four of Ashley Cole at left back. Yes. Gold at right back. And a centre-back pairing of Dan and some bloke from Barcelona. Dear God, that's Nick's future, and judging by the noises Joe was making, similar to your own, yeah? Well, I've said, I've said all along that I, I really... I said to you, Nick, and I've said it for a long, long time, I honestly think that Ashley Cole will want to end his career where it started. I, I really do think he wants to play for Palace. Um, my only thing would be is... Shamak, he's a lonely, isn't he? No. no. Oh, he's, he is permanent. Yeah, but he obviously only on a one-year deal, but he does very much want to stay. And I'm pretty well, you see his reaction to the second well, goal in well, this, mental. This, yeah. Well, this is the, this is the, this is this might be controversial. I don't know. I, if if I had a choice of keeping Ince or getting Wilf back, I would have Wilf back. Because yeah, I, think, I, I agree with that. Yeah, and, and I think and, and it'll be less money as well. So because he will definitely won't want to take a half pay cut, which is probably what the rest of the players are on. You know, if he's getting. What you do the maths million pound at, at fifteen games, you know mm. it's uh it's, it's but anyway um I can't I can't see really where we have to go. I, I love the the thing of of uh, Gale and Murray up front. I really do, but mm. I think 
my only thing is I don't I don't think it's going to be to keep both Murray and Shamek both a very similar type player. Thing is, yeah, with, is Murray, he shoots, moment, doesn't he? He gets, mm. he shoots Murray, and, and Shamek don't. It's the only thing that does me a bit. But I think, I think there's a especially with both of them. I mean, I mean, Shamek's not obviously. He's a you know, he's he's only a, I think he's a couple of years younger than Murray. But um, but obviously Murray's had that injury as well. I think, I think there's a as an easy case to say that they're they're a similar player and that they effectively share that spot and. You know, if if Schmack's having a poor game, Murray will come off the bench. If Murray starts and's having a poor game, Schmack, you know, potentially can come off the bench. He's been on the bench a bit this season. You know, he's he's been my favourite player this season, Schmack. Still, yeah. um, I, I, just, I just love watching him. But uh, and that's not in a sinister way. I just mean as a football player. But um, oh yeah, I I, I just, it's it, you can get really really excited about the future. I just think it's a real the real sort of reason for the question is it. it it's weird to think that we we're talking all season about the fact we're not scoring goals. You know, we're now organised defensively, but we need that striker. We need a camera to open the ball in the net. And, you know, we've got something different at the end of the season. That's oh. Dwight Gale. And it, it almost, you've still got to go out there and get it, haven't you? Haven't you? It's a squad game. you still got to go out there and find that that striker, haven't you? Surely. I don't know. I don't know. It's, a diff- it's an interesting one. I, I want, and I'm like you guys, I you know, I like Ed, well, all Palace fans are sort of you know the romantics at heart that just want to see, you know, the the kid come from non-league and then sort of um, become the you know the greatest striker we've ever had kind of thing. That's what we all want. Um, and I'd love to see us start the season with with Dwight Gale up top as uh, as the main man, and it would certainly save us a few bob as well if he can do that. But um, do you yeah. think? Do you think? Do you think uh, KG will still be here? Uh, do I think KG will still be here? Um, His contract's up, isn't it? Yeah, he is. I don't know. I, I can't even remember if he's one in the list of players of contracts expiring that we said we'd offer new deals. We said, um, I'm sure either Pudis or Parrish said in the, in the press that we would offer Spironi a new deal, they'd offer Schumacher a new deal, and then they said someone else. I don't know if it was KG, but I think if we offer him something, I genuinely don't necessarily... I just don't think that that he'll get anything better, if you know what I mean. I think he'll want to stay, he'll want to be part of the thing, but he certainly wouldn't start, in my view, and, and I believe me, I, I do respect the job he's done, but in my view, I don't think he would he would be starting in central midfield, Jednat, this season. I think that would be Joe Ledley. Uh, Barney, you want to speak? Yeah, I just wanted to sort of come on to the point of the this whole striking thing. I mean, I know we've talked extensively about Gale on the show. I mean, my only worry is that if you put that responsibility on a young kid straight away you know um is, is that going to blow it for the future you know look at what's happened to wilf up in manchester this whole sort of idea that he was going to go and be a you know a superstar up there and it's just ended miserably for him um i think i don't know i, I keep if you watch interviews with pulis at the moment he's talking about the future he's talking about the future and he's talking about what the club needs and you know obviously he feels that there needs to be a, a significant investment in, in many different areas, and one of them being on the pitch. I, I just don't yeah. know if we need to go out and actually just spend a couple of quid. And just all, all, At the beginning of last season, I always said, you know, the thing we missed out on is I'd rather we we bought half the players and just bought a really good striker. And I, I still feel that we need to go and buy a really good, maybe a proven striker, you know, that can just go and net you some goals out of nowhere, you know? And I, yeah. I know they're not available easily, but... He's, Pulis did it at Stoke. He brought in Crouch and and players like that. That 
we'll just get you goals and they'll just keep you in the league, you know? Yeah, look, there's, 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 you don't, the thing is, you don't ever stop. That's, that's the, the trick. You don't yeah. ever um, stop trying to improve and you don't ever stop trying to, um, sorry, I, the noise from Nick's really distracts me. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think. I think. No, listen. I, I, yeah, just to finish finish the, the statement I was making. I don't think that you can ever stop trying to improve the squad, and you need to think now about the players that will be leaving. And you're talking about Aaron Wilbraham. You're talking about oh, I don't know, uh, Owen Garvin. Uh, those types of players, the sprint players, Danny Gabidon won't be retained. Uh, his age, and that's where when we go out and buy a player to replace them, you're you're buying. Potentially, you're going to try and buy someone better than, than what you had in the first team, and then oh, yeah. you know. So, for example, let's take the Gabidon situation. I'm not saying this should or will happen, but your replacement for Gab- Gabidon, in fact, comes comes as a Premier League ready uh, centre back who plays alongside Dan, and then you know Damien Delaney takes the Gabidon role if you like, and that's how you build yeah. squads. You know, and you have to be brutal, and, and Tony Pulis will be brutal. You know, we're the ones who, who dream that the team we got now will, you know win the league next season or whatever <laughs> but, but he's the one who knows who we're going to replace and, and why we're going to replace them Jill I don't think I don't think we're going to need to buy that many players I really don't I'll tell you for why because the ones that we have three or four of them are utility players I mean he's stuck Ledley in at left back yeah, you know, yeah. he, he, we've got players that we've got a, a really good team of of of, of, of uh, like, like I say, utility players. I mean, Ward can pretty much play anywhere. I think the only place we ain't seen him is in goal and up front. So, um, but yeah, I, I, the the, few, uh, the only thing that I would I would say, I listened to Steve Parrish last night. Have I got a, a minute to talk about his interview? Yeah, last go night? on, give me a minute. He's on Five Live, and he he was they they brought him in with a few other people and another couple of chairmen, and really really interesting thing that he come up with. And he said that he has a budget. He, he has already um, has a budget for next year, and they will not, you know, they will not blow it because yeah. the the the, the, it, the other thing we've got to realise is we can go out and spend ten fifteen million pound on a player where we've got to pay forty thousand quid a week, and then mm. obviously for staying in the Premiership, we're going to have to pay our own players now even more. Though you know, if we'd have gone down, they'd have they'd have lost twenty five or thirty percent. We're going to have to pay them a little bit more money now, even more. So that's but easing to the money. But the other thing as well, we, we've got to put under under soil heating in, in this year, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we got to, then we've got to relay the pitch again because obviously the pitch is already gone, as you can see today. Joe, Joe, Sorry, we're getting getting a lot more money in, and um, I think we're, yeah, but, we'll be yeah, we'll be able to attract decent players Nick, for a reasonable amount of the atmosphere and whatever. Nick, we need to invest in the grounds. We need to invest in no matter what way you look at it. We need to invest in the grounds, mm. and uh, the, the best stand we've got, or what looks like the best stand we've got, is one of the worst with the Homesdale. We need to invest, and I think what what you'll find is our, our right away through our club the three tiers of our club with the players reuniting with the fans and the fans uniting with the board. The board are so powerful within themselves and are such decent businessmen that they think they have fingers in so many pies. I would imagine that we're about to do some kind of deal with one or two major companies to try and redevelop Sellers Park. And that's what they'll be working on. That's the kind of leak we're in now. I think the the only thing to sort of to say from all that, and we will continue this, uh, theme of discussion on our end of season special which will obviously go on a lot longer i think we usually go on about three hours on that one so there'll be plenty more uh you know that that's just to wet the appetite but what i will say is that 
when we talk about wanting to invest in the team, which of course Tony Pulis has said, uh, but Tony Pulis as well as Steve Parrish has also said about investing in everything around the club. Uh, so he, he talked this week about having a meeting with Gary Issa and what he wanted to do with the academy. He talked about what he wanted to do with the training ground and you know what the club needs to do to get the right revenue streams. And you can you can see they're all saying the same things now. Maybe earlier in the season when Tony Pulis joined, maybe that wasn't the case. Or you know you, you certainly got the inference from from them that there was some kind of um, disagreement on on you know what was required. But they they sound to me like a really a group that's people that are coming together all going towards the same goal all focused on doing it the right way um and all saying the right things and, and i'm i you know we've got a lot to be positive about at the moment we've finished the season brilliantly we it's our third this is this is a thing wasn't it? it it's our third highest ever finish you know that's the season we've just had and think about what football is like these days as compared to to when we finished third and then tenth uh, back at the start of the 90s you know, it, it, it's a much, much bigger game now, and the gap between, you know, the, the haves and the have-nots is is huge. But we you know, exactly, exactly. You imagine that, you know. But uh, yeah, it's very, very positive times, and um, I really enjoyed tonight. And um, we've got a few more of the well, the remainder of that's an interesting sound. The remainder of the uh, Homesdale.net awards uh, <laughs> to <laughs> to finish. Um, as, uh, but we won't be back after this, so we'll say our goodbyes now. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, of course, we are doing an end-of-season show. Um, it's going to be recorded at the Albion Pub in South Norwood. Um, yeah, Google it if you don't know where it is. You are invited to come down and join us, um, as long as you register on holradio.net forward slash show. Uh, there will be a sh- show recording, food and drink, live guests. It will be it'll be a good event. I really hope that as many of you as possible to come and join us. And obviously the only other thing to mention is there will be a FIFA competition if you enjoy playing that game. Mikey reckons, our producer, reckons he's going to beat everyone. So come and, come and show him what you got. With a uh, stick. Yeah, probably with a stick. That's <laughs> better. So cheers. Um, obviously the awards um, that we've been sort of interspersing, and we'll fit, which we'll finish the show today. They will be available in full for a separate download for those who are involved with them. They offer users of homestyle.net, like I say, recorded them a little differently this year to, to hope that they had some sort of value if you didn't quite know what they were, but I'm not sure that they did, but it was you're better than just reading them out. So, um, I think yeah, Dr. Uh, Oak should have presented them. <laughs> I, 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 I don't even I don't even know who you're talking about. I don't know. I know who he is. Um, one last little thing to say, of course, um, We've, uh, we're going to do some World Cup shows um, uh, over the summer. I, I don't really know exactly how that, that's going to happen, how that's going to come together yet, but um, but they should be good. We'll, I think we'll uh, we'll all you know do our fair share of research and watching the games and all that sort of stuff, um, and hopefully we'll offer some sort of entertainment and value as we all miss Palace during that summer period. So, but this today, this is it for our normal shows for the season. Uh, there will be a special and there will be those World Cup shows, but other than that, you won't be hearing a great deal from, from us. Um, we're going to end the show. <laughs> yeah, right, indeed. End the show with a user-submitted clip. We get various different bits and pieces sent to us throughout the season. We're really appreciative of all of those, just like we appreciate Brad and Stephen's emails today that I didn't get to. Uh, thank you, both of you. Hopefully we covered most of what you were saying uh, in our... Um, in our uh, discussions today so there you go anyway um we'll end the show today with a user submitted clip and uh look out for our end of season special cheerio we will run with you we will run
Like the best of friends We hope this never ends Till we meet again Till we meet again We will never doubt We will never doubt Come on you eagles Come on you eagles Whoa It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.